Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. He's worthy. I tell you, he's worthy today. Amen. He is definitely worthy. Amen, amen, amen. If you have your Bibles with you this morning, our text is going to come from the Gospel of Luke. The 18th chapter. Thank you, Lord. Luke, the 18th chapter. We'll begin our reading at verse number one. And we'll conclude at verse number eight. In the Gospel of Luke, the 18th chapter, beginning at verse one, you'll find these words. And he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought to always to pray and not to faint, saying, there is a city, there is in a city a judge which fear not God, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in that city, and she came unto him saying, avenge me, and of my adversary. And he would not for a while, but afterwards he said within himself, though I fear not God, nor regard man, yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her lest by her continual coming she weary me. And the Lord said, hear what the unjust judge saith. And shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them? I tell you that he that avenged them speedily, nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth. From this passage of scripture, I would like to pin for a thought this morning. Ain't too proud to beg. Ain't too proud to beg. Ain't too proud to beg was a song that was written by the temptation. And it talked of a man who was begging for the affection and the love of a woman. In our lives today, begging has a negative connotation to it. And we don't necessarily have to beg God for anything. But what we need to understand is that God, when, he, when we pray, God answers our prayers in his own time. It is not set according to our time. And I know that we live in this fast pace, uh, uh, fast food, want it now uh, lifestyle. But God is not limited to when and where we want him to do what we want him to do. Because God sees a bigger picture. When I begin to survey and look at the world in which we live today, and in particular Christendom, the, ch the church, prayer is perhaps one of the most neglected areas of the Christian lifestyle. It seems as though we only pray when we stand in need of something. And when God does not answer when we want him or when we think he should answer, 
then usually we will give up on asking God. But understand that that's when you really should get more intensified in your prayers. That's when you should even pray even more. So you ask yourself, what do I do when, when God does not answer my prayers? Well, you pray some more. And if God tarries and still does not answer your prayers, continue to pray. Because understand this, that God always answers your prayer. It may not be like you want him to answer it. But he still answers every prayer of his children. And you need to understand that you have a loving God that loves you unconditionally. And far too many times we are fighting battles that we were never intended to fight in the first place. A lot of times we want to fight battles with our hands, some of us. But then there are those of us that like to fight battles with our mouths and we speak wrong towards people when we really should be praying for these individuals. Don't, don't, don't worry about what people will say about you or what people will do to you. You take it to the Lord in prayer. Because prayer has always been a, a part of God's plan. It is God's way of communicating with us. Understand the fact that prayer is not about you just barking out demands to God. But prayer is an opportunity for you to give praise unto God. Prayer is an opportunity for you to sit still and meditate and receive what God is saying to you. There, there are some prayers that you have been praying. God has been trying to give you the answer to them, but you're too busy talking to what God, you can't hear what God is saying. A lot of times we pray for God to change other folk. And the reality of it is that God probably needs to change us. You see, because I, I, I've been there before. I've prayed for my adversary. I've pray, I've been, I, I, pray, I do, I pray for my enemy. I pray for people who come against me. I really do. But there are some times that I've been praying for somebody that God, God changed them. And before I knew it, God is changing me. He's correcting me. You see, it's a sad soul that's out there that think that you're above, above self-correction. You see, because if I correct myself, I don't have to worry about you correcting me. Because I know that I'm not perfect. And I'm going to let you in on a little secret. Neither are you. I'm not perfect. But I know how to go to and pray to a perfect God that knows all things. Prayer should be like breathing to us. It should be natural for the believer to pray. Just like breathing gives you life in the natural, prayer can give you life in the spiritual. Because when we begin to pray, we link up with God. We, we tap into his power source. Listen, li li listen to what the Bible says. And, and, and listen, I like this. I like, I, like, I like what he says, what it says in, um, in the book of of uh, James, it talks about prayer. It says, the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous avails much. 
That's awesome. Listen here, in, in other terp- uh, interpretation or, 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 or versions or translations of it, it says the prayers of the righteous has much power and effectiveness when it is at work. If you, don't, if you don't pray, if you will not pray, you are relinquishing the power that you have. Listen, listen, did you not know that God has much more power than you could ever have? God knows how to deal with your enemies a whole lot better than you do. But most time, we want the, sacri- uh, the, 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 the feeling of, of getting back at somebody. We, we love that revenge. When, when, when was the last time you said, Lord, have mercy on my enemies? You, you understand? I mean, that, that's what we need to be praying. Lord, have mercy on them. Because understand that, that, that enemies are, are, are one step away from hell if they are unsaved. The problem of the matter is, is, that, is, that, is that we have more enemies that seem like inside of the body of Christ than outside of the body of Christ. We have all these denominations. We have, you, you're not doing this right and you're not doing that right over there. Or did you see what she wore to church on Sunday? Did you see how he came in here? All unkept. We're building enemies with, even within the ranks. But we can all pray one for another. Listen, the story has been told of a man named George Mueller. George Mueller was an English evangelist who was born in a poor family. But there's two things that George's parents taught him and his siblings. Number one was to have a love for God. And number two was have a prayer life. To pray. And George never forgot that. George was a fervent prayer. He prayed about everything. No matter how big or how small the situation, he prayed about it. George goes down as a legendary prayer warrior. According to his biography, 5,000 prayers were answered the exact day that he prayed them. George was, a, was one that, that loved people. He loved God. He loved people. And he prayed. And God allowed George to open up over 117 orphanages all throughout England. And he, and he, and he helped raise over 10,000 boys and led them to Christ. But George had a big problem. George had five friends that were unsaved despite his testimony. Uh, testifying to them and, 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 and witnessing to them, they would not give their lives to Christ. And so George committed his life to praying for these five friends. After eight months, one of the friends got saved. It took 10 years of praying every day for the next two to get saved. It took 25 years for the fourth one to pr- get saved. And it took on his day, the day that he buried 63 years and eight months for the last one to get saved. He was persistent in his prayers. He continued to pray even though he did not see any evidence of these prayers coming to pass. But what am I saying to you? Is that we must be persistent in our praying. 
Don't give up on praying. Don't stop praying. If you want the answer to your prayer, just keep on praying. God will give you the answer. The problem is that when he gives it to you, accept it. There's absolutely nothing we can do. Some of us have been praying for loved ones for quite some time, and you, you perhaps have given up on praying for them. But understand, keep on praying. Keep on going before the Lord. Keep on asking God to save them. There's absolutely nothing you can or I can do to save them. But we can stand in the gap for them. We can stand in the gap and ask God to save their very souls. Some of us have been praying for a new job. Some of us have been praying for a new home. Some of us have been praying for some things concerning ourselves. I've been, I've been praying for God to take some things away from me. To take some things that I know are not right out of me. And I'm still praying. And understand that I'll be praying to the day that I die. Because I understand there's some things that even about me, I cannot change. It takes God changing it. There, there, there are some of you whose hearts have been broken by the loss of loved ones. And it's prayer that's going to get you to where you need to be at. When you begin to ask God to, to heal those areas, that, God, that, that Lord, I can't, time has not healed them. It's been 10 years, it's been 20 years, and I'm still painting God. It takes prayer. Because prayer is not just for you, it's for others as well. We are told that we are to be intercessors and we're to pray for those ones that cannot pray for themselves. You need to be praying for this world. This world is going to hell in a handbasket. It, it, it seems that this world is getting worse and worse and worse. Despite how often and how, how, how much we pray, it seems like it's getting worse. But listen here, sometimes you need to understand the fact that, that, that when you begin to pray for a circumstance or pray for a situation or pray for people who are unsaved, it's not surprising to me that they get worse before they get better. And, and here's the reason why. Because God will not, he will not go against their free will. So God has to get them down to a place to where they surrender their will unto him. And so keep on praying. If they're getting worse, keep praying. Pray some more. And then pray some more on top of that. In this, in this text, in this text, Jesus is sitting down and he uses two occasions here. Uh, the, the, the other one, is, it follows this. But this one here, he talks about, uh, he gives this parable. And he tells us that, 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 that men are to always pray and faint not. The whole ideology is that, here is that, that we are to always pray. It's not that we need to be praying 24 hours, seven days a week. That is not what he's saying here. But what he's saying here is that we need, as believers, we need to always have a spirit of prayer. In other words, we, always, we should always be in a position to where we can get a prayer through. You see, because everybody can't get a prayer through. We can't always get a prayer through because of some of the sin and the malice that we have in our hearts. And so he said that we're to live our lives to a point to where we are able and have a spirit of prayer. We pray about everything. I told you, I said, before I get up, before I get up here to preach, if they ask me to say a, a prayer at a funeral, I'm praying before I get up there. 
that I'll pray the right prayer. I'm praying when I get up there that I might preach and give you the right word that God has given me to give to you. I cannot do this unless I pray and go before the Lord first. So we to always have a spirit of prayer. Always be ready to pray. Pray. Because listen, you never know what life is going to hit you with. Especially if you have children. If you have children, you know what I'm talking about. Because I'm always praying for my children as well as your children. Because I understand the challenges that they're up against. Yes, even your adult children still need your prayers. And if there's anything that I can remember, that I always remember about my mother, is that my mother was a praying woman. I used to hear her in the mornings when I was on my way to school, praying for us, asking God to keep us, asking God to protect us, asking God to give us wisdom. So we need to be praying, prayer warriors, praying for the lost. And faint not, don't give up. Don't give up on praying. Listen here, the Bible says us in, you know, Jesus says it right here in, in Matthew, the fifth chapter, verse number seven. He says, ask and it shall be given you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and the door shall be open unto you. Listen here, he said, for everyone that asketh, receiveth. And he that findeth, he, he that findeth, and he to him that knocketh, it shall be open unto him. But you cannot get if you do not ask God. If you will not pray, God is not going to give it to you. Understand that there is a lot of things that God has for you that he desires to give you. You just have not asked for it. And that's a shame. Because many of us are missing out on some things that God has for us. There are some great opportunities that God has in store for us. And we will not even go to God and ask him for it. The problem is, is that most times we're trusting in ourselves. We're trusting in our own abilities to get to where we think we need to be at. But understand that God is the only one that can do some of this stuff. He's the only one. Thank you, Lord. He said, he said, or, or he said, he said, of what, what man is there of you whom if his son asks bread will give him a stone? Or if he asks a fish, will give him a serpent. If you then being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, come on, how much more shall your father, which is in heaven, give good things unto them that ask? Did you get that? That he'll give good things to those who ask him. A lot of y'all shortchanging God. You see, because let me tell you something. Now, you know, I'm not afraid to ask God for what I want. Now, that's no guarantee that I'm going to get it. But I'll go to God and say, God, this is what I want. And God knows how to correct me on these things. He's like, no, no, you're going to kill yourself with that. No, you can't have that. God knows how, he knows how to regulate what he gives you. He knows how to monitor what he gives you. But I won't have it for a lack of asking. Because I know where all of my goods come from. It comes from the Lord. I know where all of my blessings come from. They come from the Lord. 
And I'm standing on that. In the, in, the, in the text, in the text, Jesus gives this parable. And he says that there was a, there was a city that had an unjust judge. And this judge did not fear God at all. Neither did he regard men at all. In other words, this judge just did what he wanted to do. He had no one that was controlling him or limiting what he could or could not do. And there was this widow that was in the city along with him that kept going to him and asking him that he would avenge her. Apparently something had happened in this widow's life. Now understand that under the old covenant and the custom of that time, we were required, they were required to take care of widows. And you need to understand that, 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 that that's one of the duties and the roles of the church is to help the widows. But this widow could not get any type of justice from this unjust judge. But notice that this woman continued to come to the judge. Despite all of the time that she had turned him away. Despite the fact that, she, that he had dealt harshly with her. She did not give up. And what are we learning from this? Is that, that, that no matter what, we are to continue to go before God. No matter what's going on, no matter what the answer is, we're to continue to go before God. The judge, the judge said that, that, that I kept denying her because I am who I am. I'm an unjust judge. But after a while, after a woman continuously coming back day after day, week after week, month after month, she wore the judge down. She wore him out. This unjust judge has met his match. In other words, this woman said, I don't care what it costs me. I'm going to continue to come before the judge. I don't care how much gas money I'm burning up getting there. I'm going to get there because I need to go before this judge. I'm not going to let anything stop me. Keep me from getting what I need to avenge, for him to avenge me. For him to give justice unto me. Now understand that, that, that many people have mistakenly attribute this judge to being God. And this judge is exactly the opposite of God. Because God would never treat his children the way that this judge treated this widow. But what, what the Bible is really trying to show is a contrast between this unjust judge and a holy and a righteous judge. Because it's God that gives every good and perfect gift. It comes from the Lord. I don't care how much you're going through. I don't care how, what, what's coming against you. You keep going before the judge. Because you cannot and will not get justice unless you keep going before the judge. Look, look, look at what the judge says. He said, he said that after a while, she wore me down. He said, but afterwards, he said to himself, even though I fear not God, nor regard this woman at all, I'm going to give her what she wants because she's getting on my last nerve. 
That, 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 that's pretty much what she he, This woman is getting on my last nerve. I've already rejected her. Thou, hundreds of times, thousands of times. But she keeps on coming back. I sent her an eviction notice. But she won't honor that. She keeps coming back before me. She keeps on appealing her case. So because of that, because she's getting on my nerves, listen, it's not because he cared anything for the woman. And understand this as well. You keep going to an unjust judge. You keep going to a government, and you think that they have your best interest at heart. You keep going to other folk. You keep going to outside sources. You keep going to everybody but God. And you keep getting rejected and denied and returned and rejected and denied and returned. You need to go to the righteous judge. And the only way you can do that is through prayer. Going down on bending knees. Prayer is a way of life for the believer. Daniel was a man of prayer. And he prayed diligently even though the king told him not to. David, although he was a warrior, was a man of prayer. And we have benefit of it through the Psalms. Moses stood in the gap for a stiff-necked people and continued to pray for them. Samuel interceded on behalf of King Saul even after God had rejected him. Jeremiah prayed till tears flowed from his eyes for the nation of Israel. Paul was in constant prayer for the churches in which he had planted. But our best example is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ was a man of prayer. As a matter of fact, he taught the disciples to pray. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed would be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those that trespass against us. But then he also prayed a great prayer in the 17th chapter of the Gospel of John. That's where he's praying. He prayed for us that, 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 that we will be kept even in the midst of tribulation and trauma. Jesus prayed an agonizing prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane where he prayed and asked that the Father would take this cup from him. But nevertheless, not my will, but thine will be done. He prayed this three times. Consistent, persistent in his prayer. But when God revealed his will, Jesus knew that his will was coming to give his life. Give his life a ransom for many. This is what I'm talking about, church. We got to pray. If you give up on prayer, then you're giving up on God's help. If you give up on prayer, you're giving up on the blessings of God. We need to pray more. We need to pray effectively. We need to have, have, have purpose to our prayer. And we need to stop praying for stuff and start praying that God would use us mightily in this kingdom, absolutely, in this kingdom-building world in which we're in. We're here to build kingdom 
We're here to do kingdom work. And it comes by prayer. And so even if it looks like I'm begging, I'll keep going before the Lord begging and asking God. I won't stop. You see, because I've come too far. God has blessed me too much for me to stop asking him for what I stand in need of and what I want. He's been too good to me. I, listen, I'm telling you, I, God has blessed me. And I'm grateful to it because in my prayer, I am grateful. I am thankful. I adore him. I lift him up. I praise him in my prayers. Why? Because all that he's already done for me and what he shall do for me. You, you, you don't realize that, 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 that God is blessing you right now. And, and it just seems to me that we've got so uppity and so sedity to the point to us, we can't give God praise for what he's already doing for us. We're so busy asking for so many other things. Why don't you thank God for what he's already done in your prayer? If you want to get your prayers answered, learn how to be grateful for what God has already done for you. Learn how to thank God even before the walls come crumbling down. Learn how to thank him in the midst of your problems, in the midst of your situation. Learn how to praise him then. Because all of that is a part of your prayer life. It's a part of the time that you spend with the Lord. And understand, it don't, you, 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 you don't have to be down on your knees three hours. I, I'm, listen, I'm amazed at people who pray for three hours. God bless you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. It's not the length of your prayer. It's the sincerity of your prayer. It's where your heart is at. It, it, it's you asking God, asking yourself, why am I asking God for this? Am, am I asking God this that I might consume it upon my lust? As James, the fourth chapter asks. Do I have the right motives in asking God for what I'm asking for? Am I asking him that I might be able to just enjoy it all for myself? Or am I asking that I might be a blessing? That God might use me to bless somebody. That God might use me to, 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 to be a blessing and to give to someone. The rich keep getting richer. But the poor keep getting poor. And there are some of us in here that God has blessed. And you can be a blessing to somebody else. Pray about it. Because that's what God wants. Jesus is our perfect example of praying. Often he secluded himself early in the morning and he just prayed. But we know that he prayed on the night that they arrested him. Yes, they arrested him on trumped-up charges. It was nothing that he did. But when they looked at Jesus, they really saw us. They seen the payment for our sin. And Jesus even prayed when he was nailed to that cross over 2,000 years ago. Yes, as they nailed him to the cross. It was a prayer when he said, Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. That was Jesus' last earthly prayer. And it was for us. That the Father would forgive us. 
that he would cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That he would take the sin of the world upon him. Yes, they nailed him to that cross. They hung him wide and stretched him high. He suffered blood for us. He gave his life for us. Yes, he died upon that cross. They took him off the cross and put him in a borrowed man's tomb. There he stayed all Friday and all Saturday. But the record declares that on Sunday morning he rose with all power of heaven and earth in his hand. And my prayer is that you would receive this gospel message. That you would understand the importance of praying daily. That you would always have a spirit of prayer. Because if you think that Jesus is done praying, no, right now he's on, sitting on the right-hand side of the Father making intercessions for us. Jesus is still praying for us. So how dare we give up on prayer? How dare we get up, give up on going to God for all that we need, all we stand in need of? Keep on praying. I'll keep on praying. Because I ain't too proud to beg. I'll keep going before God. If it takes me 63 years, like George Mueller, to get some of my loved ones saved, I'm going to keep on praying. I won't stop praying. Because Jesus is coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle. He's going to set up his millennial kingdom here for a thousand years. And I want to reign with him in his millennial kingdom. That's my prayer. That God keep me by your, by your grace. Please stand to your feet. The door to the church is open. Is there one? Is there one?